Hey, everybody. <laughs> I didn't know it. Every damn time. <laughs> this is Kyle Jackson. Rodney Wood. Not a Grande Outdoors. Uh, thanks for joining us again for another podcast. Uh, this one ought to be a fun one. Podcast. Podcast. We, have, uh, we also have a, a guest here uh, by the name of Kalijah Wood. Kalijah. He's my long lost... Well, he's not lost. He's sitting on the he's counter. He's not lost. Me. He's sitting on the counter behind you. But yeah. uh, uh, I don't expect much out of him. But no, uh, no, I don't think he's gonna say much. He's uh, he's pretty stoic. Yeah, yeah. He took my place uh, a couple of podcasts ago in our released video. Did did me proud. Did. I, I was I got a little choked up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Funny story about that Indian. <laughs> uh, that it's a it's a wooden Indian, and my wife wanted one, and she bought it off of eBay or something like that. But when it came, let me tell you, it looked like a cross-dressing Persian. I don't know. It had eyeliner. <laughs> he had like a mustache and some like uh what do they call that stuff that you put over the top of your eye? Uh, mascara? Mascara? Is that what it is? I yeah, know. I don't know. He had all of that. And I was like, "You bought this?" <laughs> a little chunk out of it, out of the feathers that that she had to glue back, but uh since my wife is extremely talented, artistic extremely talented she went ahead and she painted him and made him all nice and so i i allow him to be in my house now because he's not he doesn't look like a cross-dresser right uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was a pretty pretty funny deal that uh uh i was gonna do that release video and i thought man i'm not rodney here and uh so i said well I'll have a stand-in. There you go. There you go. It worked out quite well. And so he's probably he's probably going to become a regular fixture as much as we can get him in. Um, well, how can you not? I mean, right? he's, he's uh, he brings so much to the table. <laughs> <laughs> he's made of the same his, stuff as the table. <laughs> his insight is just incredible. <laughs> well, if we were both that quiet... When we were hunting, we might get a little bit more action. You might be a good hunter. You never know. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna regale you with some stories today. Um, we've been, you know, we've been going pretty hard, following along the season um, with with what we're doing. The, you know, from from the draw to the table, basically um, covering our season of hunting and and doing some work on hunt it forward um one of the best parts of hunting standing around a campfire with your buddies uh telling hunting stories yeah and uh more often than not those uh those stories uh involve the hardships they involve mm -hmm. uh, i think i'm trying to remember um but the reason that you usually remember hunting stories so much, uh, and and I put this pretty 
eloquently at one point in time, and I'm going to try and re recreate that. But uh, when you're hunting, oftentimes you, you're you know you're out in the weather, you're in the inclement weather, mm -hmm. you're having no luck, and it's just sometimes it's just miserable. Yes, but uh, misery breeds memory. Yes, and with time, the misery fades, and all that's left is the memory. Yep. And that's why I think uh, throughout the ages, hunting mm -hmm. stories have uh, taught lessons, have uh, been a huge part of the traditions that we pass on. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and to your uh, misery breeds memory point, you know, I've been to the All-American Futurity in Redoso, the horse race. I've been to that thing countless times. I remember one. And that's because it rained on us the entire time. And we were sitting in our chairs all huddled up under umbrellas in the rain the whole day. Um, and I'll never forget that that race, you know. Um, and that's why. It's because it was miserable. <laughs> <laughs> so you're absolutely right. Misery breeds memory. Uh, and the, the misery does fade. Um, well, I mean, that's that's... I remember the first hunt that I ever went on with my dad because, mm -hmm. and I think I've mentioned this before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was because uh, we got there. Dad forgot the tent. He brought the poles. Yeah, but he yeah. forgot the tent. We made a tent, makeshift tent out of blankets. Uh, got a picture of it on Facebook. It's really funny. Us little kids around this tent, quote tent, <laughs> right? Uh, but that night. It freaking snowed like a foot, mm -hmm. and the tent collapsed around us, and we ended up just kind of sleeping with the blankets on top of us, and uh, Dad was driving a two-wheel drive Ford pickup at the time. Thank goodness it was one of the old 79s. It was heavy as crap because it was all steel. We barely made it out, but yeah. I remember that very distinctly. I don't remember anything about the rest of the hunt, Yeah, but I remember that. Right? Yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's how it goes. Um, we did a deer hunt. Oh, it's it's been a while back now. It's it's been. Well, you know, I was with Dana. We I don't know if we were married yet or not. I don't, I don't remember. Um, I remember there because she talked some serious shit, and I'll <laughs> I'll get to that point. Dana's my wife. I'll get to that point here at the end of the story. But I remember I was I was it was late in the evening. Um, it was getting close to the end of the day. We hadn't been seeing a lot of deer. Um, I was headed back to camp, miserable. Uh, you know, and I was just, I'd come out of the canyon and hit the road and decided, you know what, I don't have time to get to the top of the ridge and see anything. I'm just going to head back to camp. I wasn't very far, you know, half a mile from camp or something like that. I'm walking down the road and I hear a uh, uh, four-wheeler behind me so I stopped to wait because I knew it was you know one of my uncles and sure enough Uncle Ray comes putting around the corner says hop in so I is a side by side not a four wheeler so I hop in with him we're headed back to camp when this buck comes running out of the canyon jumps in the middle of the road and stops nine point buck well, in my family, they're not all about, um, you know, letting the youngins get a 
crap. It's every man for it's himself. Every man for the fastest out, <laughs> the fastest to shoot. There's there's no waiting for anybody. Nobody's like, hey, you want this one? No, none of that. It's, you better be quick. And I knew this. And I stepped out of that side by side. I drew down his muzzleloader hunt. I drew down. I put my sights on him, and I squeezed off the trigger and thwop. Deer jumps up, hits the ground, stands back up right in the middle of the road, just a teetering, wobbling back and forth. And I was like, heck yeah, I dropped him. Wobbling back and forth, but he didn't drop again. So I told Unc, I said, put another one in him. And he said, no, he's going down. So the deer hops off the road. Now he's standing behind a bush, but he's still just wobbling, just you know, I mean, looks like he's just spaghetti legs going down any second. I told Unc, put another one in him. And he said, no, he's going to go down. About that time, this deer takes off. He goes running up the hill. And I was like, shoot him. It's muzzleloader, you know. I should have reloaded. I didn't. I was excited. I thought I got this deer, you know. <laughs> uh, so I go to reload, and, man, I'm stuffing powder in the barrel and ramming the bullet down there and yelling, shoot him the whole time. And this deer runs up the hill about 100 yards, falls over dead as a doornail. Excellent. Got my deer. So we sit there for a couple of minutes laughing about how I was yelling at him to shoot him. And he was telling me, no, he's dead. He's going to fall over down and I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so we drive up the road. He's, he's about 150 yards. We drive up the road and we get to where he was. And I can see him laying down up the hill. So me and Unc, we get out of the side-by-side, -side and we walk up to him. And uh, he's just laying there. So I broke the breech on my muzzleloader, and I pulled out the primer. Um, I was shooting the inline at the time. Pulled out the primer, stuck the primer in my pocket, closed my muzzleloader, you know, safety. Leaned it up against the tree. Turned around. Unc's got this deer in his hands, you know, checking it out, looking at his horns. Dead deer. And he says, nice shot. Said, Where'd I hit him? He said, I don't know. So I walk over there. And I pick the deer's head up. Look at his horns. Nice nine point. Five on one, four on the other. We count eye guards here in New Mexico. So just in case you're wondering. Set his head back down. Doing a little victory dance, you know. Put my hands up in the air. All excited. Uh, first one, to get, yeah, first <laughs> first one to get a deer uh, that hunt. It's been a tough year, like I said. We had hardly got any. Turn around, started talking to Unc, and he was picking on me for jumping out so fast and shooting, not giving him a chance, you know. And uh, says, "Well, let's gut this thing and go home." Pulls out his pocket knife, as old men will do, unfolds it. Reached down and grabs that horn, and that deer came unglued. <laughs> so Unc's got a live deer in one hand, pocket knife in the other, and that deer is running in circles. And, and, like doing and the do-si-do -si -do out the, there. Yeah. And the old men in my family, they're tough as nails, right? And he wasn't let go of that damn deer. He had a whole lot of bitch, and that deer's running in circles. I didn't know what to do. I'm, I'm standing there, and so... Instinct tells me to go help Unc. So I take a couple of steps towards Unc, and he yells, shoot him, shoot him. So I turn around and go to get my 
gun. And I hear, I don't know what he said. He said something else. So I turn around back to help him and he says, shoot him, shoot him. And he's, this deer's still running circles around. Unk. He's got it by the horn, pocket knife in one hand. Uh, so I turn around, I grab my gun, and I realize I took the primer out. Mm-hmm. So I break it over and I go to try to stick the primer. whole time this deer's running circles around my unk, trying to stick the primer in. About that time, that deer piled right in unk. Rolls him into a little ball, jumps off of him, takes off running down the ridge. I finally get the primer in, pull up the gun as that deer drops off into the canyon. And I was like, son of a bitch, you got to be kidding me. And pick up a cup, <laughs> dust him off. <laughs> and then I go off the hill and no deer, can't find him. He's gone. No blood. Well, so that's it. I come, I get up. I come back to where Unc is, and he's still where the deer was laying down, trying to catch his breath. <laughs> and I get to looking where this deer was laying down. There's not an ounce of blood. None. Zero. Zip, zilch. Nada. Um, so I go, you know, zigzagging back across the hill, trying to see if I can find some blood. Nada. I got his tracks. I know right where his tracks are. I know where he went off, you know. So I put some ribbon in a tree, go back, put some ribbon where he was laying, um, just because it's getting dark, and I know we got to get back to camp, and I know that you know I'm going to let this deer settle and come back in the morning. And it just baffled me, no blood. We get back to side by side, getting side by side, and go heading back to camp, and something struck me. I was like, you know what? The whole time that that deer was laying there, its eyes were closed, wasn't breathing. I mean, it didn't look like it was breathing. We were, it had to have been breathing, but it didn't look like it. I didn't notice it breathing, but its eyes were closed. That's a telltale sign. A dead deer has open eyes. His eyes were closed the whole time. I remember that distinctly. So get back to camp, and, and, and that is not really even the funniest part of the story to me. And that's pretty damn funny. Get back to camp, tell everybody what's happening, wake up the next morning, and me and my wife go back out there to see if we can find this deer. So we get back up to where it's laying down. And I'm going to pick up his trail there. We start walking off to my first flag where I saw him go over the hill. Mm-hmm. And my wife starts her, what she called the inner deer monologue. <laughs> right? Oh, okay. So, yeah. Um, we love Dana. Oh, yeah. Uh, this was not a Dana story, though. Oh, it wasn't? No. So, let me, let me preface this. <laughs> We love Dana, and we love her stories, and she rolls her t- eyes every time we talk about this, but mm-hmm. um, she has a tendency to tell a story without getting to a point. Right, right. And so we call them Dana stories, and yep. she rolls her eyes, and we all laugh, but uh, this wasn't a Dana story. This was not a Dana story. Okay. No, this, this was... Continue. I may not was, have heard this part of the story. She was doing her rendition what the deer of the thinking. deer's inner monologue. Okay. Regale me with regalings. <laughs> hey, look at that. What the hell is that coming down the road? Oh, that looks like two dumbass rednecks. They think they're going to shoot me. <laughs> Bow! <laughs> dumbass missed. <laughs> Watch this. I'm going to hop up here and pretend I'm dead. <laughs> this is her dear monologue. It gets better. <laughs> I'm just going to lay down right here and close my eyes. Them dumbass is going to think I'm dead. <laughs> Oh, 
Oh shit, he's got me by the horn. I didn't, I didn't count on this. That's all right. That's all right. I'm just going to play dead. I'm going to lay here. They don't even know. They can't see I'm breathing. They're idiots. Shit, he's got a knife. Shit, he's got a knife. He's got a knife. <laughs> so, Run. I can't even, I can't even look for blood. I can't find tracks. I can't do anything. Because my wife, as we're walking off the downhill, this is what she's doing to me. <laughs> Nothing. No blood. Tracks end at the bottom of the canyon. I don't know. I don't know if I bounced one off his horns or what. It baffles me that he stood in the middle of the road for a little bit and then hopped up the hill for a little bit and then ran up to the hill and managed to pop out. The most logical is Danish deer. <laughs> I'm not saying something. Right? But, oh, man, that was... It. I, I was furious. I was so mad at her, but I could not stop laughing because it was hilarious. <laughs> Oh shit, he's got a knife. <laughs> <laughs> well, that reminds me of another story. Um, and the one of the old Roman nosed deer that she shot with my muzzleloader. Oh. So yeah. we've, we've hunted uh, many a year down in Unit 33. Yep. Uh, we go down, when we, that's kind of our third choice, last chance. Uh, and, and it may have to be a, a first choice here pretty soon because I right. always enjoy yeah. hunting down there. But yeah. uh, it's a traditional muzzleloader hunt. Mm-hmm. And we go down and stay with Becky and Roger. Mm-hmm. Love to stay with Becky and Roger. Yeah, awesome. I, I, I We typically love to camp. Yeah. But, I mean, if you get to stay at Becky and Roger's, why? Why? <laughs> Feeds you so, every... so much fun. Yeah. Playing pool, drinking beer. Of course, not for you, but for me. <laughs> Uh, and good, not only that, good but company. N- they've lived down there for how long? Yeah. Forever. Uh, Roger knows that country better than anybody, I yeah. think. Yeah, he does. Um, he won't tell us where his honey hole is, no. but he'll dang sure take us out and show yeah. us show yeah. us some places. There's plenty, of, and, and you know, and that's one of the things. You know, we're not big on secrets here. You know, we're not going to tell you exactly which canyon we're hunting or anything like that. We're not afraid to tell you we was hunting in Unit Thirty Three with the muzzleloader. We want you guys to have some good information. But there's deer all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, there. You know, so there's no shortage of good deer. Yeah. Um, he has his honey holes where they've got some great deer, mm-hmm. and he doesn't share it, and I don't blame him. But, but, um, but yeah, fun guy to hunt with. So, anyways, um, we went out. Is you and me indeed on? Mm-hmm. And typically, how we hunt that is we like to get up on the cap and glass. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that sun comes up, man, those beer deer start beer. Now you got beer. to think about beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, those deer start popping, you know, with yep. the sun. And so we were watching a a group of does that had a little buck with it. And we watched them, you know, bedded them down. And you and Dedon decided to go after them. Yep, me and, me and Dedon went... Um... I, I I don't remember. No, that wasn't our first stock. I think we you know, we had a rotation. Yeah. So so like me and you would go, and then you and D on, and then me and D on. Yeah. And, you know, it was, and then back to me and you. So we rotated. We two would stock, one would glass. Yeah. Uh, 
had radios yeah. um, to kind of keep everybody abreast of whether the deer has moved or not. But that's pretty much basically it, you know. But um, so that's what that's that's how it was. And I think it was mine and Dion's turn in the rotation. Anyways, we'd watched this deer bed mm-hmm. in this area, and it wasn't very far away, probably 700, 800 yards yeah. out. Yeah. And so you and Dion went down and. And that deer ghosted you guys. I never saw that deer come out, Mm-mm. but you guys never jumped him up, Mm-mm. and and bust. You know that stock was a bust that day. We yep. did, didn't get anything. Next morning we come back mm-hmm. and we're glassing again. See that same group of does, and we're looking at a, a different buck. And then I see this buck. He kind of stood out because he was real dark. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same buck. Body wolf. Yeah, it was the same buck. Uh, it was the same buck as we'd been that had ghosted you guys the day mm-hmm. before. Yeah, we and called him Houdini. Houdini. We we uh, sidebar. When we see these animals, especially, <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially, oh, look at these dumb rednecks trying to shoot me. Right. <laughs> especially when they have a, a a specific characteristic, you know, like that one was pretty dark, pretty dark buck. Um, and we we name them, you know. We, we did. We st- I think we started that on that antelope hunt. Really. We did, yeah, um, because there were so many bucks who were trying to just hey, instead of saying hey, that one over there by that fence post, right? Yeah. You say so he was Houdini. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so I saw him, but we were watching these other bucks, and uh, I saw him go in, and he kind of bedded. Mm-hmm. And we watched this other group, and they kind of moved off, and they went a little further than than we had anticipated them. Mm-hmm. And so, you, uh, Dedon had to D- go home. Dedon, yeah, Dedon had to go home. He had left Sunday night. You and Roger were uh, up there, and me and Roger were up top. And you went after well, Dini by yeah, yourself. Yeah, we, we were we were saying, well, I don't think we're going to make a stock on these because they're too far out. And I said, well, there's this other deer. I'm going to go look. Yeah, and. And you told me, oh, he's not there anymore. Yeah. And so I said, I'm going to go look. So I went down. And I snuck up. And, and man, sure enough, uh, this deer had bedded underneath this brush. And now the interesting thing is, if you guys will know as well as we do, the ground looks totally different whenever oh, you get down into so it. So amazing. Because you're, you're out there on the cap, right? And when you're looking down, it looks... So it looks like it's you're looking at the side of a hill. Yeah, it's flat. It's, yeah, it, it's it, yeah. It looks the like the side of a hill, flat. and the hill is flat. Yeah. Okay, but what really throws me is it looks like you're looking at the side of a hill. Yeah. You know, so what's closest to you is at the bottom, and what's furthest away is up pretty high. But it's not. It's pretty flat and dooney. Dooney. Yeah. But it just the the mirage or the the, the misconception of it, yeah, is, is amazing. Is crazy. So, anyways. I went down and, and went and got in front of where this buck had been feeding too. And sure enough, he had bedded under some brush, some some oak brush. Mm-hmm. And I saw him pop up. I'm like, geez, all right. So I get up on my shooting sticks and he walks and, and I think you were up on top and you were going, oh, hell. He's pointing at something. 
right? Yeah, yeah. I was st- so I was standing up there and I was watching, and this, like I said, like Kyle said, this is the go- deer that had ghosted us, me and Deed on the day before, and. No, it wasn't me and Dedon. It was you and Dedon. Was it me and Dedon? Yeah, because I was watching him. Oh, I right. was watching him. And um, he had laid down behind that bush. Yeah. And I had never saw him get up and move. Yeah. And then you guys, I guided you in right to that bush. And he wasn't there. Yeah. And, that's right. And and so that's that's what happened on him. And that's why we call him Houdini. But so I was watching. And you had put him to bed. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know where he was. Yeah. And then you stalked around to where you thought, thought he, was. he was, and there was a patch of dark green brush there. Everything else was pretty gray. Yeah. And there was a patch of dark green brush, and that's what you headed to was that that dark green brush. Yes. Um, and I looked. I Roger walked off. Me and Roger were both standing there looking. Roger walked off. Um, and I didn't know where you were. I hadn't seen you in a while, so I didn't know where you were. And Another then, side note, right. squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> Another side note, uh, dark camo is much harder to see than light camo. Absolutely. Dedon wore some, some lighter camo colors, like and I could always spot him. Yeah, he's, he and, stood out. But you, I could always, it was always hard to find you because the dark camo. So yeah. stick to dark. Yep. Anyway, so you were having a hard time seeing yeah, me. Yeah, I was having a hard time seeing you. And then all of a sudden, I spotted you. Mm-hmm. And you had your muzzleloader up, like you were fixing to shoot, and I hollered at Roger, "I think he's, I think he found him." And then, kaboom! Yeah. <laughs> and so I shot this deer at, I think he was probably about fifty yards. I didn't, yeah. I didn't really range him. I, I kind of paced it off whenever I, after I shot him, mm-hmm. and went to look for blood. But uh, I think I shot him about fifty yards. Mm-hmm. Of course, this is patching round ball. Uh, this mm-hmm. is my Lyman rifle. Freaking love that rifle. Um, anyways, so I shot him, mm-hmm. and he ran off uh, to the northwest. Yeah, where I was at. Yeah, and you followed him. Yeah, and and that was. I mean, I was glued on him when you when you pulled the trigger. He jumped up and took off running, and I I put my binoculars on him, and I was glued. Because he'd Houdined us. Yeah, and I, I, I was sure that I'd hit him because yeah. I heard I heard the whop. Yeah, but yeah. you were a little too far away to hear it. Yeah, and he took off running, and he ran hundred, maybe if seventy that. to hundred yards, probably seventy to five yards. Um, and he went behind a dune and never came out. And because I knew it was Houdini, the same buck, I told you on the radio, just walk in that direction. You walked to where you last saw him because I'm not moving my eye. I didn't blink, dude. Yeah. I did not blink a single time. <laughs> I was just glued, glued to that to that dune uh, that he disappeared behind and never came out from. And you just walked until I saw you again. Mm-hmm. I, I never he was, looked back at he, you. He had he had gone behind the. It was a kind of a bush on top of a dune. Yeah. He'd gone behind that bush, and as soon as he got there, he had dropped in his track. Mm-hmm. Or he, he, he pretty much nosedived. It looked like he yeah. kind of like slid a little bit. Uh, the the beauty of that was that he was uh, 10 yards from the road, <laughs> right? It's so, kind of hard to get away from roads down there, but yeah, we were... That was we, nice. We, we so we, we loaded him up. We took him back to Rogers. We, we field-dressed him and took him to the processor. Mm-hmm. And so I was the first one to get a deer that that yep. hunt. Yep. 
We got a call from Dedon's brother. Dedon's brother. But before we before we get to that one, let's make fun of Dedon. Okay. Because <laughs> why not? Because yeah, yeah. Because you're, you're not one. here. We're gonna make fun of you. Exactly. That's you better way, start that's with and show goes. it up, buddy. And Lamar, don't be telling on us. Um, it was. I don't know. Was the first day? It was the first morning of the hunt, right? Yeah. And we saw a, a good buck. He was a pretty big buck. And me and Dedon decided to drop off and go chase him. There's two things about this story that were entertaining. One, me and Dedon are dropping off the cap, right? Uh, and this is a, is it early October or late October? It's a late October. It's, it's in October. Uh, but it's not particularly cold yet. No. Um, and it is definitely rattlesnake country. And we're dropping off the cap, and D-Don's going first because it's his, it's his turn to shoot. So he was in front, and he's dropping off the cap, and he gets down. Um, I hand him his muzzleloader and go to basically follow him in his tracks and I put my hand down for for stability and went to jump off and I looked down and I heard the rattle all at the same time and the damn rattlesnake was about maybe 16 inches from my hand if that he's probably less and I shoved off so hard that I thought at the time I'd broke my pinky. Uh, luckily, the snake didn't strike at me, but I shoved off, and Dinon had turned around, and his face was probably two feet from the dang rattlesnake, because uh, we just, you know, we was on the cliffs, we was up on the cap rocks, and scared the ever living dog turds out of both of us, and it took us what, like maybe. Five minutes or so, ten minutes, sitting there just trying to catch our breath from that damn snake almost striking me in the hand. Well, yeah, and uh, <laughs> I think uh, it's even funnier because you were definitely afraid of snakes. Oh yeah, I, I can't, I can't stand rattlesnakes. So, and and so that we and I'm always running into them. Hunting. Always. What the heck? We were up in the damn Capitans, and biggest snake I've ever killed in my life. Yeah. Uh, but we I mean, almost stepped right happens when you're out in the woods. Yeah, yeah, it happens. But so anyway, we get by the snake, and we drop off the caps, and we go after this deer, and you guide us right in there. And about seventy-five yards out, um, I tell Dedon, "I'm gonna hang. I'm gonna hang back here. You go on in." And he stalks in. And one thing about Dedon is the fool can stalk. He's slow. Patient, takes his time. Um, excellent hunter. Uh, he he really is, especially when it comes to that. You know, he's nice and slow and patient. Um, and he, I think he took an hour, maybe. It was a long time. It was a long time. Uh, probably ten minutes. It felt like forever. We knew that buck was bedded down right in that mesquite patch, and. He went, well, 65 yards. 
because I stopped at 75 and he went 65 yards, looks to his left, and there that buck is laying in the mesquite. No clue he's there. No clue. Had no the clue. The wind was blowing. He had the wind right. Everything this, right. This buck was bedded in between kind of these three dunes. Yep. Where he was out of the wind. Yep. And he had absolutely no clue. No clue. D-Don, D-Don was there. D-Don had, had made such a good stop because he, he was right in front of that deer. Right in front of him. The deer was looking right in his direction. But he was just so slow, so meticulous that he snuck right up on it. Ten yards from this buck. Raises up his muzzleloader. I'm standing there. I'm standing there at the ready because I was like, all right, if he, you know, if he misses, then I'm, I'm going to get a shot. And he squeezes her off. Boom! That buck jumps up. Hauls tail. I'm looking at the deer thinking, should I shoot it? But yeah, surely. Yeah, I mean, D-Dunn's a great shot. He didn't miss no yeah. bucket. 10 yards with a muzzle loader. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and that, so the buck takes off. Kyle's up on the ridge, tells us where he went. And I was like, did you hit him? Nope. I was like, what do you mean nope? He's like, nope, I missed him clean. I was like, he's a like, dude, I was at 10 yards. I missed him clean. <laughs> but we got on his tracks. You would saw where he went. So we go to tracking him, and it, this is the best part of the story. We get on his tracks, and D-Don's right on his tracks, and he's no longer in stealth mode. He's in, I can't believe I missed a buck at 10 yards. I'm going to... I'm pissed off. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tramp this son of a gun down, and I'm going to kill him. Yeah. And so he's just beeline. I mean, he's got he's right on this deer's tracks. You had told us where he went, so we're following him, and he's just hoofing it, man. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to, we've been going for maybe 400 yards, mm-hmm. 500 yards. And, and I think I'm going to, I'm going to skirt out around Edon, you know, and get a different viewpoint than just following him as we halfway run through the desert trying to find this buck. No blood. We, he missed him clean. I no sooner get around the side of the mesquite bush than, and these mesquite bushes are great big. They get in these mounds and they're 20, 30 yards long. You yeah. know, it's a big old mound. And no longer get no sooner get on the other side of this dang mesquite dune, and I hear Jesus, kaboom! <laughs> <laughs> so I go running around the dune, the backside because I didn't want to run around in front, but yeah. run back around the dune, and he goes, he jumped out at me. <laughs> he attacked I, me. Did you get him? Did you get? Him? Nope, missed him clean. <laughs> Oh, it was hilarious. Uh, Jesus! Boom! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh D-Don. You uh, ought to be here to defend yourself. I know. you're not. Love the, so, love the guy. But man, that was funny. So, D-Don... Had, D-Don had to leave. D-Don had to leave. And then we went and got... We went and got your buck Monday. We got my buck. And, and then Monday evening... D-Don's brother, who yeah. worked out in the oil fields out there, yeah. called you. Yeah, called. Yeah, called you. Called me. Yeah, he he called me and said, "Hey, are y'all still hunting?" I said, "Yeah." And he said, "You got anything yet?" I said, "Nope." I said, "Kyle got one this morning." I said, "But we're back at it for me this evening." And he said, "Well, I just passed a ten point about hundred yards off the road, laying down." Mm-hmm. I said, "Where you at?" And he told us, so I said, man, we're 45 minutes from there. So 
we had just come off a stock. Yeah. Um, that we never saw. We never saw the deer again. We'd stalked and stalked and stalked and never saw him again, but come back to the truck. Went all the way around um, to where he was at, and he set a cone in the road and told us he's about 100 yards to, east of, east of the, the road. And we pulled up, and we couldn't see any. We couldn't see him. Nothing. It was all open. Well, it was not all, but it was a lot of open grasslands. And yeah. I was like, man, he's not here anymore. I was just about to call David when we spotted that buck. And yeah. he was, the grass come up to his chin. Yeah. Um, he was laying down in that grass. Grass come up to his chin. And all you could see was like his nose and his horns. Yeah. Um, he just kind of yeah, this just set of antlers yeah. out there in yeah. the grass. Yeah, and so I said, "Well, I'm gonna. I don't have to stalk very far. I'm gonna put a quick stock on this little boy." And you were shooting at that time. You were shooting. Your I was father-in-law's fifty-four caliber, caliber muzzleloader. Yep. <clears throat> and um, I, I'm not gonna lie. That gun kicked so hard that it was it was hard for me to comfortable using it. Uh, I probably shouldn't have been using it in hindsight because it, it did a kick so hard that it just, I didn't never really get comfortable with it. Yeah. But, so I get out, I put, I don't know, I maybe stalked 50 yards. Maybe. Got behind a mesquite bush and... That deer just stood there. The deer, yeah, well, he, well, thought he was laying there. Yeah. Thought he was laying there. Turns out he was standing there. Yeah. When I got close enough, I realized that the grass was just that tall. So I got up on a mesquite dune where I could see his body and I took a shot and he just dropped and I thought done deal so I reloaded went walking up there thought he thought I was going to find him dead so I wasn't being overly quiet or anything like that I mean I was, I was but not completely you know I get up there about 15 yards from him and the dang thing jumps up and takes off running mm-hmm. and as he takes off running I tried to slip one, slip one in there while I still had him broadside, and missed. And he just goes running. As he's running, we see a pickup off in the distance, and turns out that was David. Yeah, and I was watching for the and pickup. You were watching so for the pickup. Watched, yeah, I watched him run all the way down the valley. Mm-hmm. Makes a big loop over by David, mm-hmm. and then he bedded down by a little tree in the middle of another grassy, another prairie. grassy. Uh, valley, yeah. Not, it's a, it was the same valley. It was the same drainage. Yeah. It was just probably you know quarter yeah. half mile away. Yeah. Yeah. I watched him bed there. Yep. So we go around to David, and he says, "Yeah, I heard you guys shoot." He said, "I seen that deer come running up here, and he's laying right over there." Mm-hmm. So you'd had enough this, of the fifty four. I'd had enough time. of the fifty four. So I said, "Give me your muzzleloader," and so I took your muzzleloader, and this time I, I. Collided it. I was slipping through the grass as quiet as could be. You and kept looking back, and I kept going. Yeah, we didn't have our radios. No, we didn't. We didn't have our radios. And I'd look back, and y'all would tell me left, right, keep going, you know. And so that's kind of the way it went as I was going out into this prairie. And I turned around to look, and instead of giving me the left or the right or the keep going, you were giving me the. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was and doing I, the hammer your fist right, right, right there. I turn around again, and the bucket stood up not 
50 yards from me. I mean, he's standing right in front of me. He looked like he was 10 yards no from clue. you. No, he's about, he's about 50. No clue I was there. Yeah. Just none whatsoever. Standing there feeding. Mm-hmm. And I thought, cool, dead deer. Raise the gun, pull the trigger. Thwop. He fell down. He flopped. So hard. So hard. Just hit the dirt. And you go, woohoo! And I go, woohoo! Yeah. And then I go, oh shit! <laughs> yeah. He got uh, up. Well, he, he laid there kicking for a yeah. while. I mean, I was watching him kick, and, and I did the right thing. Um, as Stop. I was watching him, I stopped, I started reloading my muzzleloader, and as I'm reloading, he stood up again. And he starts limping on. Yeah. So I got I got loaded, and and he's not running. He's just limping. And blam, I put another one in him. Guaranteed hit, heard the thwop. Fall down again. He humps up. He didn't fall down that time. Oh, he took right. off running. And he takes off running. We watch him go over this, this hill. And one thing we forgot to mention about this deer is, is he is white as a cloud. Yeah, uh, he's not not an deer. Yeah, seen. not an albino. Um, just old Roman gray nose. Roman nose, big old big old hump on his on the front of his nose. Just uh, big deer. Mm-hmm. Um, big not a deer. huge rack, but good ten point. You know, he was probably twenty two, twenty three wide. Mm-hmm. You know, good tall. You know, but he, but he not a huge not a huge rack, but a big body deer. So I know I've got two bullets in him. I know. And I go back to you and David, and we talk for a little while, give the deer a little while to settle, go up there, find a little blood, mm-hmm. top out where he topped out, and then just, there he is. Yeah, he's because he's, he's so white. Patch. Yeah, he's so white. And, and we didn't have the wind in our favor. The wind was at our backs. It was getting dark, mm-hmm. and we decided the best thing to do is to just go ahead and back out. Well, when we looked at that deer through the binoculars, yeah, he was laying down. His head was on the ground. Well, he was walking at first, but he was limping. Yeah. He but was limping. He was limping, and then he, he laid, laid we down. watched him lay down. Yep. He laid down. He was his head was down on the ground like mm-hmm. he was hurting. He had one ear that looked like it was hanging off his one head. One ear that looked like it was hanging off his head. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is a dead deer. We'll come mm-hmm. back and get him in the morning. Yep, that was the plan. So we went back to Becky and Rogers. Recru- recruited Roger uh, to go with us again the next morning. Hindsight, for those of you out there who shoot muzzleloader, unload and reload your muzzleloader every night. Yes, yes. Every single night. Uh, shoot it and on your way back in. I'll tell you why here yeah. in just a sec. So we show up the next morning, get right back up on that saddle, right where we were the evening before. It was and, foggy and rainy that morning. Yeah. Lots of yeah. humidity in the air. Yeah. And there he is. Yep. Still there. Still laying exactly where we put it. Yeah. But both his ears were up. His he looked as can be. Yeah. And we were like, what the crap? He should be dead. <laughs> um, this time it's morning instead of evening. The thermals were right. Yeah. We had the wind right in our, in our face. face. We knew we had a good deal. The only thing is he was facing us. Yeah. And what, 300 yards away? Yeah. And um, so I couldn't make a stop straight at him. So I went back down the hill, around the knob, into the drainage that he was in, 
and stalked, I don't know, it's probably 600 yards total. total. And same thing. I don't know why. Oh, Dedon took the radios. That's why we didn't have the radios. Dedon took the radios. And so I'm stalking him, and I would look back at you and Roger, and y'all would tell me, you know. And I got in, and I got, you know, closer and closer and closer until I got the, you're right there signal. Yeah, I did the, again. he's right, right there. And I couldn't see him. Uh, I just flat out. I mean, I was scanning the brush. I was looking right in front of me. I mean, you know, and then there he is. Yeah. 15 yards in front of me. Well, when laying in a mosquito. I think I remember you telling me that you were scanning too far ahead and you look back at me and then you look down in front of you and you're like, oh, geez, yeah, there he is. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. And he was right there. And again, no clue I was there. You know, I, I put a heck of a stock on this deer that time. So, I think this deer, this deer was deaf. I put, yeah, yeah. I, well, as old as he was, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, and I, well, I think what was happening is I think he was watching you and Roger. Yeah. He could clearly see you guys. Yeah. Um, and I think he was just watching y'all, wondering if y'all were going to come at him or not. Mm-hmm. He didn't see me. So, I didn't have a great shot, but he was so close. I just I aimed right at the side of his neck, under his ear. I thought he's clearly injured. I just I need to put him out of his misery. Uh, I was too close to really try and reposition, so that was what I had, and I didn't think he was going to stand up because I thought he was injured. Um, so I aim right below his ear. What are you at? Twenty yards. Fifteen. Fifteen yards. If fifteen, somewhere between ten and fifteen, I was right on top of him. Um, probably closer to ten. Yeah. Put it right in his ear. Pull the trigger. No kaboom. Popped a cap. Like Kyle said, the moisture it got into the powder, made it wet, and I'm thinking, son of a gun. So I recap. Cock it. Aim it. Pop. And he didn't ever even look at Never you. even flinched. Never even flinched. And that with those those caps when they pop, they're not they're not quiet. quiet. Yeah. You know? So I do it again. One more time. And I'm like, you know, standing there. You know, I was standing this whole time. So now I'm getting shaky. You know, I'm getting, getting, the adrenaline's getting to me. I don't know what's going on. It keeps popping. So I decide I need to kneel down. So I kneel down and I'm I'm running scenarios through my head. What am I going to do? Literally, one of the ideas I ran through my head was sneak up there and stab him. <laughs> <laughs> I dismissed that yeah. as, as a poor choice. <laughs> um, and I decided that the only thing that I can do is back out, come all the way back around to the truck, pull the load, and reload. Yeah. And that's what I decided to do. And as I was getting ready to back out, I said, I'm going to try one more cap first. If it doesn't shoot, back to the truck. So I put another cap on, I raise it up, he's still just watching you and Roger, not giving a care in the world about me. Put it right in his ear, pull the cap, pop, son of a, go to lower the gun and kaboom! So you had dropped that gun Mm -hmm. off your shoulder. Yep, it it went off, asshole me. (laughs) I mean, I was laying on my back going, what the hell just happened? 
Deer just stands up. Stands up. Doesn't even run off. Just stands up and he's looking at me like, what are you doing, doing this? <laughs> Look at so, this redneck. <laughs> Look at this redneck. Think you're going to kill me. Think you're going to kill me. <laughs> so, I go to reload. I'm still laying on my back. Yeah. Throw some powder in there. Throw a patching ball. Trying to get up on my knees. Deer runs off about 25 yards, 30 yards. I go to, I jam the ball down in there. Pull the ramrod out. Throw a cap on, pull up, and he's still standing there at about 50 yards now. No blood on him. And I think to myself, why? The dude has earned it, man. He's earned it. Split second later, he turns, he runs off. Yep. We come up to where you're at, and we we lost his trail. When we looked at where he was laying, mm -hmm. there was a little... Maybe the size of a quarter, uh, fifty cent piece. Fifty cent piece. Yeah. And and it didn't soak the ground. It was just a little no, pool of blood. No. And I don't know. I don't know where I hit him when I knocked him over. And I know the gun was on because mm -hmm. when I killed my deer, mm -hmm. one shot, right where I aimed. One oh, shot. Yeah. Well, listen. So we dropped the end of this story. Yeah. We we decide. You know that buck deserves to live. I'm gonna leave him alone. We're standing there in the canyon That's where he went true. over the hill. If you could, yeah. you would well, <laughs> Yeah. I was just thinking, um, he's a ghost. Yeah. We're standing there. Kyle looks over and says, there's a little six point down the canyon, probably, what, 500, 600 yards yeah. off. And I said, go get the truck. <laughs> <laughs> and me and Roger, and I didn't stalk this deer. I didn't sneak this deer. Nothing. I was pissed, angry, mad disgusted and I just beelined it right down the bottom of that canyon right straight for that buck and with Roger behind me and I know he was thinking what's this fool think he's going to do <laughs> <laughs> and I, I never stopped there was does milling around the brush that buck I could see him and I just walked I got 70 yards from him I stopped I pulled up my gun put it on my shooting sticks and kablam and that deer took off running and I was like what the heck? And I turned around to look at Roger, and he's giving me the double thumbs up. Yeah. And I was like, no, I missed him. And nope. he was like, nope, you got it. That's the funny thing about the muzzleloaders, though. I don't know how I asshole that big buck. Yeah. Because they just don't have the thumb. The muzzleloaders don't have knockdown power, not the patching ball ones. Yeah. Um, and you don't hear, you don't always hear that hit yeah. you know like when you're shooting a rifle or an inline muzzleloader you put a good shot on an animal you hear it there's that that flop yeah. that you know you connected you don't hear that a lot with these muzzleloaders with these inline or with these uh traditional muzzleloaders mm -hmm. and i'm shaking my head and he's like no you got him i saw him go down so i was like all right so we stood there and talked for five minutes or so you know let five ten minutes let it calm down and um, the does are all still milling around over there. So I thought, well, if nothing else, maybe I'll get another shot at him. So we go over there. We hop the fence. Go over there where Roger said he was down. No deer. Nothing. And I was like, and we start making circles. You know, little circle, bigger circle, bigger circle, and nothing. And Roger goes, well, I guess he didn't. He said, I thought he fell down, but maybe he just kicked up some dust. And I was like, I don't know. I, I didn't think I hit him, Roger. Those does were still milling around there. 
hadn't left. And they keep looking over their shoulder about 100 yards away from where we were at. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, I'm going to go over there and look. So I did. I wandered over there. Boom. Right there. Piled up. Little ball was was my buck. And and, uh, I I don't know. Maybe he just turned right there and kicked up some dust where Roger thought he was. But he didn't go very much further. And he piled up. But. I was so happy <laughs> because that that big ghost deer he he he, he put a, yeah he he put a number on me man I was you know and I, I well I and the, the biggest thing I don't understand is man I saw you shoot I heard the whop and I saw him fall down yeah and that so, was and that <clears> was at what you know forty fifty yards mm-hmm. you know I never ranged that deer. Um, you know, he was always close enough to where there was never a need to range him, but, you know, like you said, just pacing it off after you shoot kind of thing. Um, uh, he should have never got up from that first shot, mm-hmm. you know, um, but, well, not the first shot. The first shot, I, I'm sure the first two shots that I took at him when he was in the other pasture completely missed him. Mm-hmm. Well, they um, were shooting offhand. Yeah, but, but that... When I shot him, uh, the second time we got on him, uh, he should have been down right then and there because he hit the dirt hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I'm curious. You know, uh, maybe when my time is ended, and uh, if I'm lucky enough to go up instead of down, I can ask, "Did I get that deer?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe I'm sure that'll be on your top list of priorities right, in right. that situation. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's probably a question that I'm going to want answered because I don't know. Yeah. You know, where did yeah, I hit? It's this is the one with Uncle Ray. Where did I hit that deer? Yeah. You know, where, where did I hit that? A bounce one off his horn? You know, wouldn't he have been knocked out right there? Where you I shot think him? so. That's what you think. So it's a question, you know. Can't, you'll never know the answer, but I'd like to know where I hit that thing. Yeah. I know I hit him. I hit him hard. Uh, brisket shoot him. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's <clears throat> it's crazy. I mean, that's why they call it hunting. Yeah, that's why they call them hunting stories. Yeah. So. All righty, guys. Hope you enjoyed the stories. Uh, we'll try and bring some more to you at some point in time. Um, hopefully, if you guys have some good stories, some funny ones. We always like those. Yep. Share them with us. Uh, yep. We'll talk about them on. on on a podcast absolutely um we uh we love hunting stories yep it's half of what it's about sitting around the campfire telling tall tales yeah thanks for joining us guys thanks for joining us Adios. adios